Hey, everybody. Hello. Welcome to the Improv Network podcast. This is a series of conversations aimed toward building stronger connections throughout the improv community. I'm James Quesada. And I'm Bob Wick. And we are your education team for the Improv Network. You can go to theimprovnetwork.org to check out all sorts of resources related to the improv world, things like uh, uh, festival listings, virtual, as well as any uh, upcoming uh, live ones, um, and uh, blogs and interviews, um, and a improv FAQ tab, which has these conversations uh, archived, as well as uh, lecture series um, uh, shorter videos on improv topics as well. So check out all that on the improvnetwork.org. Bob, how are you doing? Good, man. Good. It, it, we're almost at, to 100 episodes, and I've just realized why I like our theme song so much. Because it reminds me of that old song. You know, uh, the one that goes, you just keep on using me until you use me up. Bump, 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 bump. Uh, nope. Nope. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, anybody out there knows what that song I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's crazy though that we're almost at a hundred episodes, right? We yeah, we really made a sprint last year. Um, <laughs> yeah, nothing uh, else to do. <laughs> yeah. But um, enough from us. Uh, we're very excited to get to our guest. Uh, he's a very good friend of ours. He is. Let's see. He's um, one half of the improv duo uh, Two Man No Show, which. I would say gets the award for the most mentioned uh, improv Absolutely. team on this show. Um, he is uh, based out of Toronto, uh, a Toronto Second City alum. Um, he uh, is with Bag Dog uh, Theater. Uh, he also happens to have, um, he does some career counseling on the side, uh, including um, some career counseling sessions with me, which helped me uh, get my new studio job that I started uh, just earlier this year. Uh, you might have also seen him as uh, Herb on the Umbrella Academy. Please welcome our good friend, Mr. Ken Hall. Yeah! Hey! Hey, everyone! How's it going? Hey, hey! <laughs> Bob, I love that song, man. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> I have no idea what it is, though. I've okay, okay. <laughs> I'll send it in the private chat after we're done. It's, sure. it's, <laughs> It's gonna be stuck in your head. <laughs> I, yeah, 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 but I don't know. I mean, like, wow, oh, this guy Bob, he just sings this song. It, like, it kind of goes like this. Yeah, it just, yeah, it's very telephone diluted. Yeah, very Bob's Like, you know that one song? You just that's keep on using me until you use me up. That's song about love. <laughs> you know, you know the song about love. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, welcome to the show, Ken. Uh, very great to have you. Um, we have our first comment from. Kurt here. Hey, Kurt. Always good to see you. Um, saying each of these episodes feels like a workshop. And yes, you do owe us $2,000. Yes. Kurt. Uh, and American. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> Whoa. Oh, that's, that's fired. I'm glad and I'm sitting for that because that, <laughs> let me print the numbers on that. <laughs> that's a um, whole Canadian, I got to say. <laughs> Uh, and speaking of uh, speaking of workshops, um, the topic for this episode is on mindfulness, um, which is a uh, topic that Ken, you've been running the workshop on uh, with Bad Dog Theater uh, for how long? Did you say you've been doing that for for a while, right? I think just uh, yeah, it's over a year now. It was wow. like a year last, I think around May or so that uh, that I, I had an opportunity to 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 put this together and i i love it i it, you know improv 
and mindfulness, I think, go hand in hand or like good improv, <laughs> you know, like right. involves yeah. a lot of mindfulness, being in the moment. And it is still, it's interesting of how often, especially as improvisers, we don't spend in the moment. We're often kind of thinking like a few steps ahead. Right. Like, what's the game of the scene? Like, what are the other moves and such? Um, but I, I know, again, like playing with Isaac, for example, in Two Man No Show, I'm like, my most favorite moments are where I'm just me and Isaac are so connected. So in the moment connected with our audience as well, and just in that state of play, but there's actually a lot of work that goes into how do we show up to be at ease and to have yeah. that disability to playfulness and such. Cause I grew up, I don't know about you guys, but I grew up with a ton of self-consciousness and oh. fear and nerves and anxiety uh, into the world. And it was only when I was about 30 or so that I start that I jumped into improv classes for the first time. So it was like, oh, it's such a strange environment to, to live with such negative thoughts and negative feelings for your whole life. And then to experience this oasis of improv, which is like, no, we accept you as you, as you are. And the more yeah. that you are in the moment, the more you're helping the collaboration, you're more you're helping the scenes, the, the, the dynamic, the, the ensemble, all that kind of stuff. So it's been a real catharsis for me just to find improv, to discover improv, and the joys of moment because it reinforces it's like the repetition of doing improv reinforces being mindful and to let go of like oh, no no i want the scene to go this way now it's like but this is what's happening this is the reality yeah 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 all you want <laughs> here we yeah. are the next offer thank you i'll wait for the next offer a better offer, <laughs> offer yeah not so much uh, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's why it's so fun to play with Isaac because no matter what we do, it's like there's such a, a wholeheartedness acceptance of the moment. And we, as you, as both of you can attest, we love to go absurd. I mean, well, we don't have to, but we often do. And it, cause it's just fun and it's just right. so much fun and, and playful. And, but again, it's like, we got to push through a lot of that negative self-talk and all that messaging and conditioning that we've had throughout our lives and adults, I think come to improv uh almost like very like uh like very uh on edge and and very fixed minds you know like uh, am i doing it right am i doing it right <laughs> you know it's like right right play man just play kids you know like they don't think about are they playing it right no. are you playing pretend right <laughs> well yeah. I, I, in my opinion i think you and isaac both on on stage often on stage sorry uh are two of the most sincerest people i've ever met you know, and there's a vulnerability for that. So when you're being mindful and you're being vulnerable, that makes it so much easier to play too. And and for the audience to connect to that because there's, you know, they're not, there's the sincerity makes it more easy to relate because, you know, there's no, uh, there's not something waiting behind the door. It's just, this is everything. This is what I'm giving you and yeah. we're going to go for this ride. So, so it, it almost makes the audience trust you a little bit more. So you can push them a little bit farther. Uh, yeah, and it's something that we did early on. I appreciate you saying that, uh, sharing that, Bob. Uh, yeah. That was something that that I think we did right from the get go. Um, we've been to do actually. It's been twelve years. This July, it has been twelve years since our first two man no wow. show. Uh, back here wow. for the Toronto Fringe Festival, and we weren't strong writers back then. So we would often we had a loose show. It was supposed to be a sketch show, but we didn't have great sketches <laughs> or great jokes. We were in really good stories. <laughs> Joe tellers, but we're good. 
And so the stuff that we're like, oh, we'll try maybe say this. <laughs> it doesn't land because as I said, we're like, we're a little bit green still uh, performing. So we're like, well, let's change it. Let's change it for the audience right here, right now. And so we're like, oh, that joke didn't work. Let's say another one. Okay. <laughs> so we're not confined to a script. And it's like, we wow. want to bring the audience in into the experience. And now that, you know, again, it's, we're very mindful of what works and what doesn't work. And it's very clown based in mm -hmm. that you're like, hey, I proposed something. Oh, they didn't like that at all. <laughs> Rather than pretend that it's not going well. Cause you know, in an improv scene where it's like, and I've, man, I've been so many like, uh, not so great improv scenes over my <laughs> year. And it's so interesting. The inclination is to not to sweep it, not to edit it, but to like, almost like resist it. I'm like, no, no, we're going to stay here. No, 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 we are going to stay until we fix this, you know? And, and nothing, you know, it's just like, ah, oh, it just goes long in the tooth. And <clears throat> yeah. And then me and Isaac are, I think are really good at is like, let's change it. Let's just, it, and it's a, a, a messing with the rules. And it's kind of like, you can do that. Yes, you can, you know, like into, we, so we want to bring our audience in, uh, in for, in for the experience. So again, we're very mindful of, of, are they liking what we're doing? Cause if they're not, we will change. We're not, we're not beholden to anything. This is not the Olympics. We have not prepared anything or trained in anything. This is created in collaboration with the audience. So we want to bring the audience, we need their inputs. And we're, uh, as you were saying, Bob, there's, there's a sincerity of like, great, let's just drop with it. If this is not working, what do you want? Do you like this? No. Okay. Do you like this? No. Okay. And to not take it personally, although it can be very fun to berate an audience. Oh yeah. <laughs> there's plenty yeah. behind it, right? But um, yeah, absolutely. How do you, how do you keep that um, balance? I mean, uh, one, what comes to mind is that um, what you just said, I 100% agree with, um, but like would probably be cautious of telling people early on in their improv learning of like uh, serve the audience. Um, and uh, I think would typically not be the teaching of uh, most schools. In, in fact, the opposite, most people are like, I, I would think it's more common to be like, forget about the audience, just stay connected with your scene partner and, and the story you're building and, and be true to the moment um, with sort of blinders up. Um, so, so how do you um, how do you keep that balance between uh, one playing freely and staying in the moment without like you know still with staying connected with the audience, not alienating yeah. them, or not over serving them to the point of just being like you know not having enough of yourself in it either? Yeah, that's a it's a, a really great question that, and I, I think uh, it's a, it's a great point. But for me. Over the last few years in particular, the more I've done a deeper dive in both mindfulness and especially clown, and clowning is such a huge thing that me and Isaac do, is that <clears throat> I, I want the audience to inform the direction of the scene. So I'm actually handing over power a little bit to the audience because I want to give them more. And so, for example, for me and Bob are in an improv scene and like Bob or like I say something that's funny uh, and you laugh, James, then I'm like, great, I'm going to do more of that. You indicate that it's like, oh, this is the direction to go in. And for me, following the play, teaching people like the, the rules of improv are important for sure, the techniques of improv. But for me, it's like fostering that sense of play, that unbridled play. And and I think the people on stage, if they're having fun, it's a big invitation for the audience to join in the fun as well. And I think an audience can join in play easier than story or perhaps easier than plot. I feel like 
I feel I have to do a bit of work as an audience member to kind of like, am I understanding this plot or these references and such, but I can understand play. Like Mr. Bean, for example, is so universal in that. And it's like, it's playing a game, but with the input of the audience and, uh, and you're right, you don't want to go so overboard where it's like, it turns into like, um, we're the, at the expense of the scene, but I think if the underpinning is like fun, fun, like what can you do to show up so that you can play to the best of your ability, so that you can be at more ease, so that you can give yourself these big bold choices, uh, and to build the play within yourself, build the play with your scene partner or your ensemble, and also bring the audience within that as well. As I said, like it was out of a desperation almost that me and Isaac, when we first started, were like. They didn't think that was funny. So rather than sit in the misery of terrible jokes, it's like, we can correct it now. We can do it. Stop it. We stop this. Stop and and uh, so I find like, you're right. So it is that balance. It is that balance. But I, I'm, as I said, I, I've really been interested over the last few years in particular when I'm teaching improv or public speaking or clown uh, or comedic acting is to foster the play first, is to begin to like, what can you do to affect how you show up in the first place? And what is your mindset and how does, because I, I, and, and I, for me, I like to, I like to include the audience in my experience rather than try to sort of drive an agenda of this is what mm -hmm. the scene would be about. I'm, for me, I just think it's an easier, it's more satisfying um and, and and for me and playing with isaac it also frees us up to play moments which i i see a lot of beginner improvisers are so bogged down in exposition that they lose the fun, you know and uh and that's what i'm saying i'm like i kind of maybe it's just uh uh it's more of it coming at it from like the path of least resistance in the sense i'm like i want to so i want to honor both you're absolutely right i want to honor what my scene partner has said and and but i want to bring my audience in so they're almost like a third partner a scene partner their input or their kind of like their immediate direction they laugh or they don't laugh or they're listening really intently um, is information for me that I get to play with. It's another variable that I can help sculpt. Because I, I know that feeling that I get when I get a laugh, especially early on in a set. And I'm like, oh, that means I can go even bigger. You know, like that means it, it's almost this thing of like giving me permission to explore even further. Um, and I generally have more fun that way. And if I leave a set, where I'm like, I had fun. I generally had fun. And not one of the, the sets where people come up to you afterwards and be like, did you have fun? <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Are you okay? Yeah. How are you? Yeah. Improv's hard. Ken, would you say, like, um, you know, if you were teaching a, a group from square one, um, is that a principle or, or an approach to play that you would um, start uh, immediately from? Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah, as opposed to keeping it more advanced or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, uh, for me, uh, well, it's interesting. I, one of the, the two things, or <laughs> maybe a three-pronged approach, is uh, I, I, like to, uh, I like to do exercises and, and help people feel play in their body and so that you can be in the moment. And if you're doing like a, a really fun um, uh, warm-up game, I don't know if you have, uh, know Mr. Hit. It's a great clown kind of like ensemble building, like we're building the play together. But it's these, these improv warm-ups that are that happen so quickly and so fast because quite often they're like, oh, let's just do a warm-up, right? Get into our bodies and such. But for me, it's like let's build the play right now. Let's focus in on that play right now. And if you can have that, if you have that experience in your body, you can replicate that in your scenes. And so for me, it's like being really present of like. 
bibbidi-bobbidi-boo or like, you know, like bunny-bunny or like something that you're like, oh, I don't know when they're going to come to me kind of thing. Because when people play those warm-ups, their body, their physicality, their presence, they're so much more in the moment as they're playing a long-form set where people are kind of hanging back, arms crossed, leaning up against the wall, waiting for like the scene to, to go over and then they step in the scene. So for me, I'm like, I want to give people, foster that sense of play within themselves so that they can replicate it later. And the other thing is to focus on conversation is like practice active listening. So I've got exercises where I'm like, just have a conversation where you don't have to try and be funny. There's no hidden agenda behind that. And I find like that brings people to the moment and they are able to access like a real intelligence, a depth of intelligence uh, that we don't often hear. Because quite often, again, I've been there many a time, right? <laughs> like early in my early days. And I remember like doing shows and like, I'm going to do a show in the kitchen. My kitchen is always the same, uh, same kind of cupboards as well. I open the cupboard door and there's like one cup or one plate or one apple, you know? And I'm like, well, that's <laughs> not a great feeling. Like, my imagination is so limited. <laughs> I to do about myself. Uh, but then I started to think about like, what did I, what did I experience in my day? Like uh, what happened on the train to get here? You know, uh, what weird, like weird experience that I have, what weird observation that I have in my life. And I find that people often are able to uncork this real like depth of, of honesty, authenticity, uh, in such that they can bring in, and again, it's an ease to it. So that's that's the angle that I'm bringing in. And of course, there's you know there's the technique as well of yes anding and you know eye contact and like physicality and object work and such. But for me, I think the real like the mechanics of of a conversation are easier to plug in. And I think if you're if you have experienced play in your body, just as you were when you were a kid where you're less self-conscious and you're less driven by the agenda of like, I gotta get a laugh. It's more of like you're you're allowing a collaboration of the play to happen uh, much more organically rather than trying to be like, here's my funny big character or my weird voice or something yeah. like that. I feel like you're opening it up to, to something that's more grounded and it's about the relationship as well. So you have a conversation with something, I'm like, great, tell me who you are in this so quite often these conversations are people giving opinions about themselves their observations i got a parking ticket oh you know what blah, blah. And, and if you just follow that the elaboration of that then there's a real solid point of view and then people can riff on that and stay just on that one moment talking about parking and parking fines <laughs> that's it and it's so satisfying it's kind of easy that way there's yeah. nothing you need to add on to it there's no clever take that you have to have just give me your personal experience just tell me your opinion about it. And again, so much of improv is making everything matter in the moment and having an opinion about it and wanting the desire to be like, I want to make that matter. And I want to like, we want to grow this together uh, in a sense. So that I think that's where the, the fun comes in. So it's a, my multi-pronged teaching approach uh, is is more of that when I'm, when I'm teaching adults is like, let's, let's get you let's get you playing. Let's, you know, you're so hard on yourselves. The self-judgment is really, uh, it's, it's an, it's an impediment to finding play. So accepting yeah. yourself, accepting the moment, all of these things, um, letting go, forgiving yourself. Uh, for me, that's, that's, a, that's a real thing that puts me in a state of ease. And thankfully the world of improv is like, it's generally very supportive and non-judgmental. So I, I feel it, um, all of those conditions help for people to transform 
on stage, but also into their personal lives. I remember when I first started doing improv, as I was saying, my default was to say no in life to everything. <laughs> Do you want to try this? No, I don't. I want to, I'm afraid of this. I don't like change. I'm afraid yeah. of, I, there's a question mark. Not comfortable, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you learn improv early on. It's like, oh, yes and. And I say yes and in my scenes and I start to say yes and outside of that. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Uh, life is better when I say yes to things. I have more experiences, and um, and so that that's a big part of uh, part of it is I think to uh, to reframe, to rewire ourselves, and to let things go, let go of the labels, let go of the things that really kind of hold us down. Because um, I don't think the audience is looking at, at us in such a critical lens, you know. Yeah. They they want to see people on stage have fun, and I think improv is one of those. Uh, one of, maybe one of those few art forms, this might be a generalization, it is a generalization, but like <laughs> when someone's like, oh, they didn't know that was going to happen, you can see that they're really surprised because yeah. someone's over their words or like, oh, something happened, where uh, the audience is in on that joke. And so uh, for me, I'm like, that's why play is paramount. Yeah, I would say when maybe when gymnasts trip and fall, you're like, they didn't know that was going to happen. It's not a warm up. Yeah, I love uh, all that. I, I, you know, I, I was there was a time when I was trying to sort out like what my own philosophy is and like what how I would approach, um, you know, a group of students from uh, from the ground up. And um, I would I. I landed on like separating like okay there's there's improv skills and there's sense of play and and it's like skills are more this is not a perfect separation uh, uh but uh but the way i started thinking about it is like there's skills that you can work on um that are more objective like the checklist of who what where and um you know training your working memory and um just like the physical the physical uh object work and stuff like that is is like objective skills that you can like uh home but like sense of play is so subjective but it's also so essential and uh it's much harder to um you know quantify or it doesn't need to be like like uh treated so much like a did you do it right or not right <laughs> uh, and, and, yeah 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 it's it's like it's like an experience based thing. that was the fail and the fun there and sorry <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah maybe next time yeah yeah so you you think that's what you experienced i i don't think so i yeah <laughs> I, I wasn't feeling that from the outside you were having fun not me though i was sad inside to be honest i was <laughs> <laughs> Um, Are you okay after your improv set? No. Yes, I am. Yes, you're right. Like, like for me, I'm like, I think it's easier to plug in all of those things, the who, what, where, character work, and all of that kind of stuff, POV. But like, give me the person first. Yeah. Who's your personality? Because that's your, that's the, that's you. <laughs> that is you being you yeah. in that sense, right? And and uh, so that, that if that's the foundation, I, I think that you know, in those moments when you have those shows, which everyone is going to have those shows where you don't do as well as you want to do. <laughs> and, and that hurts and it sucks. And you're kind of like, Oh, how do I, uh, and you, it's easy to turn it in. Like maybe I should quit improv, you know? Um, yeah. But for me, it's like, Oh, you're able to let it go. I mean, like oh, I'm playing this game, but there's going to be another game. And yeah. uh, I, I think that that's, that that's the foundation that there's more of a freedom within this. You're absolutely right. That sort of fixed thing of like, did I do it right coach? Ah, that that's um i feel like that's more limiting but more like i want to have fun with you guys together you know let's build yeah. this together uh and I, oh man it's like 
again, like me and Isaac, man, we just strap on some jetpacks <laughs> uh, and we go to town. Actually, uh, it was playing Detroit Improv Festival, which we played, I think we played it like seven years. I think Isaac's played it like nine years, but Two Man No Show, we played it about seven years. And uh, one of the uh, producers, oh yeah. <laughs> Peter's asking, do you know Isaac? I met him. I met Isaac. Yes. I met him. <laughs> Entertaining fella. <laughs> hey, there he is. <laughs> Talk about your favorite body part of Isaac. Well, I mean, how much time do we have? Uh, <laughs> Isaac is actually here now. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, uh, but uh, one of um, uh, one of the uh, one of the producers had talked about seeing me and Isaac, uh, and they described it as watching us do like a spacewalk together so we're we're two astronauts we're about to le leap into the unknown leap into space and we tether ourselves together and we just jump out but we like into this absurdity because i remember doing shows at uh, go comedy in detroit leaving the venue <laughs> during our show to like run around like run yeah. to the room run around come through the front i remember trying to get into a woman's purse like to try and fit into a woman's purse i'm a i'm a small guy i'm four seven so it could, could happen uh but it's like, uh, you know, for me, it's just fun. I love messing with the rules and, and the conventions, but it's like that there is an unbridled play uh, that goes within, uh, goes within that. That's, uh, that just feels good at the end of the day. It's like, um, you know, lead with that and spend less time, you know, trying to uh, quantify. <laughs> Chris Moody's here. He said, Isaac, I did say Isaac. Uh, best body, uh, body part of Isaac, I think his hair. I think Isaac's got great hair now. Uh, you guys have seen yeah. this hair. Pretty remarkable. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's lush. It is lush. Yeah. It is lush. That's, it is. that's what we thought. You know, when we when Diff comes, that's that's the first thing we have to talk about is how lush is it going to be this year? Can you all yeah. lush yourself? <laughs> I can't have that conversation. I'm not part of that conversation. Me, me neither. But uh, James, you are. You are definitely part yeah, of that. Yeah, you're in the lush. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Isaac, man, we got to have a lush hour. <laughs> um, so I can't remember where I picked this up, you, you know, because you mentioned clown, and I know that a lot of uh, what you and Isaac do is um, very clown influenced. Uh, but uh, just talking about like the whole different prongs and skills and everything, uh, I, I might have read like an interview or something with a, a clown, or, and they were talking about like like there's there's the skill that you do, or like the uh, the sort of like. Um, whatever you juggle or, or you like stand on, um, you know, teetering stacks of, of whatever and unicycle circus kind of stuff and, um, or magic tricks. And, and it's, and it's like, these are like, um, hard skills that you can, that you use, but like it, it it's lifeless without the uh, sense of play underneath. Um, and so it's almost, it's almost arbitrary what you use as your skill or what you choose. I think, I think in the, in the interview or the conversation that it was, it was like, pick something you're good at that you have a natural uh, talent for and get really good at it. Um, uh, because that'll be the sort of like hook or the impressive like surface level thing. Um, yeah. But, uh, but, but really the magic underneath is going to be supported and magnified by, um, by your ability to play with it and the things that happen in between how, however good you're going to get uh, at it. Um, yeah. Yeah, this, yeah, it's a, it's a great point. I, I feel like if you are channeling the fun, if you can get into that state of ease, uh, that that sort of you know that sort of flow state-ish kind of experience, then uh, I think the rest kind of takes care of itself. 
really you know and all the who what where because when you're in you know if you're doing a show you're not being like okay that's the who check now where is the where you know like you have yeah, to there's right. no time for that that kind of like i said i'm gonna walk over here now you know i will do so i will participate in some object work now you know right and, right right so bad you have no time for that it's just it, it's it's integrated and uh there I, I suppose in some ways your mind is making those choices but it's on such a rapid you know you're just not there's not the cumbersome of thinking of that it's just like you know let's just go for it there's a real naturalness but for me i think at the end of the day if there's fun underneath it that's so much more enjoyable it's like that's you know I, again i think it's i think an audience can tell when people are genuinely having fun you know, yeah. not that, that panic in the green room of like, got your back. You know, it's like, got your back. Got your back. And I'm scared yeah. too. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like, but, <laughs> um, but that's the thing. It's like you follow the fun. I think the rest kind of looks after itself. Um, I, I love watching. Uh, like beginner improviser shows because they're like in the shit so to speak like they're like they have no idea what they're doing you know like they're they've just learned such fundamentals and then this is their first experience to be in front of an audience to try it out and so it's it's rocky you know like they're like uh, but and there's so much joy and you can really see that they're playing to the best of their ability and that they're really trying and really surprising themselves and really like, oh, that's a big choice that that person did, that they're risking vulnerability of like, they've never been that big in front of other people before. And I, 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 I dig that. And the audience is so receptive and rewarding of that uh, as well. So there's, again, that's why if we open the door for the audiences, uh, how the audience in, is engaging with us, I think that that can really boost us in a lot of ways and gives us more permission and it more affirms you being you. And for me at the end of the day, it's like, oh, wow, I was more of me on that stage, you know? And it's funny because uh, you mentioned earlier, James, the, the career counseling that I did. I worked in career counseling initially for 10 years. And then I, I got into doing full-time acting. Uh, I booked a part, uh, a series regular on, on people of earth. Uh, and it, and, and uh, so serendipitously, I, I stepped out of career counseling and I remember when I was a career counselor, I felt like I was doing more acting as a career counselor than I was on an improv stage. I felt like I was more of myself when I was playing multiple characters on stage for the enjoyment of the audience. And I, again, and it's kind of interesting that I'm like, now I've come back uh, to career counseling, but I'm bringing me to it there's no act i'm not you know i'm I, I feel more more of all of me is is connected and integrated and and uh I, I dig that and i've had experiences over the last six years of getting into meditation and i for, for me that's been a big catalyst to, to help okay. soothe me and to help reassure me that when i'm experiencing my thoughts and feelings uh and sensations is that they're not permanent they are ever-changing and they're not uh, me it's just I, uh, I quote often in, in the mindfulness class that I teach, a great quote by David Rosowski, who's a great improv guy down in LA, uh, ex-Second City main stage in, in Chicago. And uh, he's very like of the moment, very Buddhist mindset, you know? And uh, he Isaac actually brought him to Toronto quite a few times uh, over the last like 10 years or so. And, uh, and uh, he had this great quote is like your brain is a liar and an asshole. I'm like, oh, yeah, man, I dig that. 
and it's yeah. jumpy as hell. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I read that one down. That's a, that's going in the book. So, um, and so again, I find like, it's, it's like, what has encumbered me? I remember auditioning for Second City for literally 10 years in a row after I graduated, uh, after me and Isaac graduated from conservatory. And uh, my auditions were not that great. <laughs> so they were fair not to hire me in those moments. And my, my self-talk, my nerves got the better of me. So I couldn't show up and be like, but you can see me last night. I did great at this other show. But because I, I put a lot of weight on it and and expectations and hopes and, and uh, a story that went along with this that I, I was not able to play. I was in, in playing a very sort of narrow focus, uh, very sort of tunnel vision kind of thing until I got to a place where I'm like, oh, they want to hear about me. They want to hear about my points of view and my opinions and such. Oh, I can do that and I can replicate that. And so there, there was a great ease within that. Uh, and, and for me, I feel like improv is a great thing, a great catalyst that you can find more self-acceptance within yourself. And, um, Oh, we got a question here. Yeah, uh, Kurt says, uh, if being if part of being on stage is being vulnerable, do you feel being oneself on stage makes you more vulnerable off stage? Yeah, hundred percent, absolutely. I, I think the more time that I'm spent, no matter if that's on an improv stage uh, or off stage, then uh, that's time well spent. But improv for me, because again, like when I was in my teens and in in twenties and such, it was a real. Uh, those were hard times. <laughs> I was uh, just uh, tons of anxiety and uh, just really no feeling of self-esteem or worth and such. And so it was really hard to to find uh, comfortability in my own skin. But that was the repetition of doing improv. Improv classes once a week for, you know, three hours once a week. It's kind of like, wow, there's a place that I actually have real genuine, pure enjoyment. And I, I'm tapping into what's fun for me. I'm figuring more of me out. And it's through creativity, and I feel like that's another huge vein to tap. Uh, in that sense, is that when you're when you're doing collaborative uh, creativity with other people, and improv is not you know ideally non judgmental. It's accepting. Like you got an offer, I got nothing. You got something. Oh, you got something great. Man. Let's jam. Uh, so I found early on that, as I was saying earlier, that I was I, when I was learning yes and I was learning also to say yes and in my life outside of that and and it was scary every time like going to my improv class every week was like there was a big part of me is like don't go stay here play grand theft auto you know buy some more properties you know get some more cars you know like, <laughs> live the life in my city. Well, yeah my city where you, you don't have to go up there um but hey, i was grand theft auto like monopoly all right <laughs> 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 but I also know that I wasn't happy though. Yeah. And uh, there was like this, there was a, a safety, a status quo, but I needed change. I knew it in my bones. I needed change, but I didn't know where that was. I, I didn't know where it existed. So I had to sort of litmus test things and slowly put myself back out into the world sober. I quit drinking when I was 28. So that really was the thing that was oh, wow. like, who am I? Because so much of drinking was like, there was an identity that was wrapped up within that. And uh, so I was trying to figure out who I was and who I wanted to be. And so improv was that thing. And so early on, uh, stepping into improv classes, which is like, I got him. I don't know how to relate to people. I don't know, like without alcohol or like at a punk gig, like this is really challenging in ways, but the work is so fun. And the foundation, I think of the support and the encouragement, which was something I didn't necessarily have a lot of as well. It was like, it's a safe harbor. Uh, to explore more of the facets of who you are. And I just think the more that you have moments 
whether you affirm it for yourself or it's affirmed from other people of like doing an improv scene and be like, Hey, that was really funny. Yeah. What you did there. Hey man, you got worth is what, what people are saying. Hey, there's a place for you. Oh, cool. So it then, you know, maybe at first you feel like, Oh, I made that one scene. I was actually kind of good at something for once in my life. And that spills out. And there's a, there is a growing, it's a bit of a shedding of old skins and uh, stepping into more of the, uh, more of the possibility and the potential of who you are. And I, I know when I'm say like playing with Isaac, for example, or really connected with play and uh, creativity, I think I'm the best version of myself. And I really like that. And for me, that's that, that becomes repeatable. That becomes, I can grow that out into my regular life. And I'm like, these, these are the factors, these are the qualities that I want to have more of. And it just doesn't have to exist on an improv stage. I can take this backstage. I can take this out in the parking lot. I can take it home with me. I can take it to relationships. I can, that idea of risking, that idea of, of daring to fail your relationship with failure, your relationship with being perceived by other people, saying the right thing, doing, um, uh, uh, you know, getting things right, making mistakes. It's wonderful. Like improv is such a fertile ground to figure out more of who you can be uh, in this world. So absolutely, Kurt, that's the, for me, it, it absolutely is a training ground, not just for the skills of improv, but it, like you can learn so much and transform as a person because of improv. Yeah, that's beautiful. I mean, uh, and and truly, I, th I think one of the scariest things is probably, um, you know, the the road to getting there can take so long because, like you said, it, it you it's almost like everybody has to kind of have this epiphany moment that like what I need to be doing is being more of myself, not um, not putting on garnish or, or what do you call it? Uh, like it, it's very tempting in. Um, acting performance entertainment to like put something else on yeah i love, um, I love that idea of garnish, <laughs> garnish yeah. <laughs> there's a word i'm there's, what, <laughs> like maybe parsley, parsley buddy it's a bit of a mask right it's like these yeah, things yeah. Have, like oh, yeah. media oh i have to present a certain way or like i have to be professional in in this this role or function but uh uh, yeah, and it is a process. It, it doesn't. It's, it doesn't necessarily. Um, I remember my first. There's moments where it's like, oh, this is it. It's so reaffirming, and then it's a process as well. And I remember I just like I loved improv, so I just did it for ten years, and like just jumping into classes all over the place. And I realized I'm like, oh man, I've been studying comedy for ten years. It didn't feel like I was like. Okay, I got to study comedy. I got to sit down, read this book. Like it was just fun, <laughs> but you know, yeah. it passes, and and it is the process. And to use a sports analogy, I found like my my hit ratio, my you know my at bats were like, hey, well, I've had two good shows in a row. That's interesting, or that felt really good, you know. And then it, and then oh, not so good. <laughs> and then you know, <laughs> but it's, uh, it. it um, it is it is very much of that process, and and it does. As I said, I mean, it's so funny that we spend so much of our lives trying to be other people, in ways, try to hide other parts of ourselves. When in actuality, the real money maker is like, uh, how do how do you use like your intuition in your work? That's a great question, Isaac. That might um, be a serious question for my. I know. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> He's asked a lot of questions during this whole interview. That's the first one I posted in a while. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought it was a really good oh, one. Wow. I cracked Isaac. I got a serious <laughs> question from Isaac, man. 
question, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, and it is a good question. The question is, uh, how do you use intuition in your work? It's all about that. It is all about that. I mean, like, um, it's so funny. I'm like, where I, I don't know where I get my ideas from, but I, I, I've learned kind of early on to not question it. <laughs> and, you know, like, that's, I have no idea where this kind of, I don't know. I, some of the stuff I've said in improv, I'm like, I didn't even know I knew. <laughs> like, I'm like, why did I say it like that? That's so, like, because I think we're like sponges that go through the world, just right. absorbing information, experiences, and just collected things. It's like, and it's not even things that could serve me to go on like, like Jeopardy. Like I, I was still stuck so bad in Jeopardy. I would fail. Uh, I would daily double, but I would lose it all. Uh, but it, these are small <laughs> little, little things that um, just reflect life. And these words, the saying expressions, things like that. I don't know where I collected them, um, but when I have that impulse or my intuition is just to, to allow it, just like it, it, not even allow it, but it's like, <laughs> let's almost throw it like let's let's ah like you know let's get it out in into mm -hmm. like with a megaphone uh in that sense so it, I, that's the thing because there is nothing there's nothing more it's like well there's the i only have one thing great then say it you know and to do that and even if i don't have anything i think i have something like a serious question is that something you always had or is that something you had to build on um, it is for sure something that you have to build on, but it's still there when you learn that it's like, oh, I have an idea. And so just say that idea. And I, I don't like regrets. I, I've for, especially when I was learning long form, like heralds and such, where there's that moment of like, you introduce walk-ons, for example, or tag outs, and you've got this like great idea and you're like, oh, all right, should I weighing my options here like what is the higher what's the rate of probability that this may and then of course the moment is passed and i'm like oh, i yeah. can't bring it back and it's frustrating so it, again it just reaffirms that of like if you have an idea say it we, and we want to hear from you again that's what i was saying uh, uh, and what you're saying too james this idea of like you, the uniqueness of you and really there's only one version of you so you don't have to pretend to be anyone else and your own unique experiences and are so informing and 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 and, and I think that's a good place to live from. Of like, and I'm trying to do more of that actually in the last couple of years in particular to have because I've come from uh, I, I've come from a very people pleasing background. I think that's actually why I'm a really good supportive improviser uh, as well because I'm like great whatever you want <laughs> you know like and I'll support that 110. percent But I, I I really I'm I'm looking to fill up my own space and to be like hey world you got to hear more from me because I've actually been very shy and very quiet but I, I do have opinions about things and for me i feel like that is the uh i'm also canadian <laughs> as well so we're very mild yeah. right, so so it's getting comfortable with sharing more of who you are right. and whatever that looks like whatever that sounds like and certainly whatever it feels like the more that you can put yourself out there um, and we all have to kind of do it ourselves like there's we have to kind of create our own blueprints because however we were raised likely was not necessarily the way that we wanted it to be uh or that we needed there's certain things that we didn't get when we were younger that i think through improv we can also explore so we're i think we're kind of architecting we're creating our blueprint of who we want to be and uh and so for me that's more more of voicing not just my opinions and like you know uh but it's like i, I want to project i want to broadcast my play I want to take up space and, right. and it, I know how it feels for me when I'm in that place. And I also love the additional sort of cherry on top of it is the audience 
not only in real time are they given that affirmation that you know laughing and really smiling and digging what i'm doing but afterwards as well like the real heartfelt you know hey that was really great when it's like a real meaningfulness where for people that may don't that may don't do improv or or, or aspiring students for example they see you do something they're like I can do that. <laughs> yeah, you can totally do that, right? <laughs> so it's like giving yeah. our, we're all kind of in the same game, right. in a sense of giving ourselves permission to be more of who I think we're really meant to be as well, and to do it in an unapolog unapologetic way with a lot of play underneath. So it's not just about me, it's all of us. We're building, we're finding the play for ourselves that I can share with the audience and that we can grow together uh, in a scene or as part of an ensemble. Yeah, you, you talked about like when you first started taking improv classes, uh, how it was a great environment for you to develop because you can go in there, be yourself, you felt like yourself. And I think there's something we don't nurture enough as improv teachers um, is that moment when we put ourselves out there and then someone's got our back and how, how freeing that is. And like, yeah, yeah, do more of that, do more of that. And, and, and if you appreciate that person doing it for you, uh, like you said, it's so great to be a supportive per person and, and have each other's back. And we, we talk about, oh, we got each other's back, but what does that actually mean? Yes, you know? exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to, yeah, exactly. We got to physically do that. We have to like playing hotspot, for example, like singing a song. I'm like, I will step in and I'm going to help support my partner. Yeah. I'm going to join them. So much of improv, I think, is just joining in. Joining in, the oh, fun. Oh, that was a great character. I can't do that character. Join in, be the same character. <laughs> Grow together, you know. Yeah. Your energy, and, and it, I don't have that kind of energy. Join in, yeah. join in, join in, join in. And uh, you know, the more the merrier, as you're saying, Bob. And it's like, you know, like yeah, you get affirmed of like, wow, it 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 feels like very altruistically, like hey, satisfying. I helped you out, and my super like you, thank you, and vice versa. Like we, you internalize it. You know, when someone is uh, like honoring your offer, like joining with you or yet, simply yes anding your offer. Right. If someone's like, hey, I hear and see you and I make it matter and I'm choosing to be affected by it and I'm going to support you by, by yes anding as well. And it's like, that's the mechanics of it. And, and uh, you know, again, like that's the kind of stuff that you can really, uh, uh, that spills that into your into your day and into your day-to-day -day life. Uh, so uh, again, it's like, why would I, why would I say no to things? Why would I try to block offers? Why would I sort of diminish possibilities or opportunities? And when you catch yourself, because again, we're really good at that, to acknowledge it, and then to be like, to spend time with an understanding more of who we are. Yeah. Um, but I find play is the thing that we can find out more of who we, again, we're meant to be. Yeah, and I think um, it's it may be important to point out that like, uh, yeah, I, again, it's, it's this weird, um, what seems like a paradox to be like more yourself, but then play freely, like, and do characters and, and <laughs> go into absurd worlds. It, it, and, and so, I don't know, maybe, maybe is there, is there a different way to explain that idea where it's like, well, what we want is whether you're doing characters and voices and um, you're going into fantasy worlds, like as far as, as far from reality as, as it's going to get, um, we want it to be connected to your sense of play and not serving the idea of some of some other thing that you're trying to get right. Like, how, how do you how do you kind of phrase that for people who are confused about how to be more themselves but still have the freedom to do whatever they want and, and act and go into fantasy worlds? Yeah, a, a great question. I, I think it is that freedom to explore. 
and again taking out uh, taking out of the equation of right or wrong uh within that and, and the plane dialing up levels so again starting as i was saying let's just have a conversation let's just practice our active listening where we don't have to add anything on top and then there's for me there's a, there's an exaggeration i think comedy often comes where there's an exaggeration of something like a big physical choice or a big emotional choice there's you like oh man that's where the comedy resides and so like people can take on affectations uh and such do you have a technique or ideas on how to perform i can tap into more freedom on stage in the moment <laughs> what <laughs> Uh, good question. Uh, uh, performer can tap into more freedom on stage in the moment of actual performance. Um, yeah, I, I, again, I, well, as me and Isaac do, is like clown is such a great thing of like, in, uh, we got to, maybe at like ground zero, we got to figure out who we are uh, as well and like get into our bodies, like try to embody what play is. Like, I'm going to play an animal, I'm going to play like a statue, I'm going to play the word the, you know, like, uh, <clears throat> trying things on it's kind of like uh, i don't know if you guys remember these books when you're growing up like it's a book and it's like there's the top half the middle half and, and you can flip it through oh and, yeah to make the different creatures and stuff like yeah, that oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. awesome so for me i'm like it, it's like to step away from this like uh uh like all or nothing kind of attitude and, and be like there are no consequences <laughs> from doing this we want to explore and i think going back to what isaac was saying intuitively like what feels good for you because I think if from that playing from that place, I think you're going to uncork more of again who you really are. And what's your your own individual stamp? Because again, I think when we are often going through uh, uh, training levels, I think it's easy to like, am I doing it right or wrong? Right. Am I doing it the way that they're being that I'm being taught? And uh, for me, I'm like, because again, I, I know my own experience. Uh, like I was often comparing myself. I'm like, oh, I'm not getting it. I'm not like like it, when I find myself thinking about that, I'm like. I liked, again, those moments where I'm like, I just followed what felt good for me. And quite often, again, my intention is like, I do want to support, I do want to really be present uh, for for the other people. So uh, I think, again, it's just like, what can you do to foster a sense of exploration and um, uh, and, and to grow um, uh, to grow your play? Um, and I, I think at the end of the day, that's probably good. I think that's a good rule uh, to live by. But you, you're right, James. Like there are some people that that have some difficulty with that. I used to give that note. I'm like, hey man, just go have fun. Because <laughs> I, <laughs> I understood what that meant. So if someone said that to me, yeah, uh, like Joe Bill's like, can go out and have fun. Okay, good. Thanks, Joe. Great. Good note. <laughs> yeah, I think they should like go into more detail when they give that note. Yeah, exactly. And I did. They made that connection. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. There's a lot of people that don't yeah. actually know what that is for them. I uh, they actually haven't experienced it. So um, that's why I, I'm a big fan yeah. of clowning uh, because it's goofy. It's allowing you to be in, to embrace your inner idiot, to be, right. to allow failure, to seek failure and to be okay, to survive it. And, and you'll fine tune, I think over time. And it is a process. But I think the more that you can put yourself in the state, and that's why we do those warm-ups. You know, it's not just to be like, oh, we're just going to do a clever word association and feel it's a, there's such a disconnection, I think, within that. But when we're playing of like, we're going to play this together, like it's a game and it matters. And and that, but we want to all play to the best of our ability and such. It's a different and it's a collaboration, not a competition, uh, unless it's a healthy competition. Then like that's let's let's play, let's play. So that's one of the first things that when people step into learning clown is let's learn games, let's learn how to play. And then that's the kind of approach that I take to improv because I want to have that as the foundation 
Because when you're not getting it, you're going to self-support yourself more. You're like, great, I'll let it go. Um, and again, once you begin to um, get uh, introduced to your sense of play and to figure out what that looks like and sounds like putting yourself in, you know, different shapes, exploring, taking on things, I just think you've got more agency to choose what feels good for you in the moment. And uh, and that's it takes a lot of the head work out of it. And that's why I think it's it sort of what Isaac was asking is like more of the intuition. And I think if that's a good thing to self-support yourself to yes and your own offers in addition to your scene partner, but you got to yes and I think yourself uh, in that. And it's fostering play mm -hmm. with yourself, fostering with your scene partner. And, and I think again, bringing the audience into the play, they're sitting right there. <laughs> there is no wall, you know, they are literally sitting, sitting there. So it's like, Hey, let's, let's include them in the mix uh, well, as, well. as a process. Yes. Bob. Well, you mentioned earlier, like, uh, students tend to think a little bit ahead of time. So I think they're concentrating too much on content rather than the exploration or surprise or discovery or any of that stuff yeah. that it's kind of attached to play. Yeah. Is that something that you've noticed or? Oh yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and I've also noticed this actually, I mean, me and Isaac have talked about this An audience listens in different ways. When uh, me and Isaac are playing and you've seen us do our ridiculous thing, <laughs> like when, oh man, I remember we did an MC Escher-ish kind of uh, set at, uh, at DIFF at the Detroit Improv Festival. And it was just so fun because we're like lying on the ground. We're trying to move, you know, in the, it, like putting our bodies in different shapes and such. And uh, I think the audience is in on games. I think they, I think intuitively an audience understands game and play and pleasure. And an audience is listening in a different way when it's more so based on narrative and exposition as well. The audience has to kind of roll up their sleeves and like, like I have to really, <laughs> There's a herald. Oh boy, here we go. Oh my god. <laughs> Ooh, we're a third beast. Uh, what happened? Oh my gosh. But I, I just think it's such an easy uh invitation, easy contract with the audience where there's game and play. I don't even mean game the scene, I just mean game. Like we're gonna play this game, and that's what me and Isaac do, because we're playing a game that is in conjunction with the audience. Uh, and it just feels good. And it's so simple in, 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 in when you agree, this is a game. let's play this game. Great. That's it. We don't have to worry about the, I think we often fall into the trap of trying to be clever and smart. And, uh, and I just know my brain doesn't really operate and I, I, I don't see, I see story in a different way. Uh, yeah. And, and real quick, Ken, uh, yeah. sorry to interrupt, but uh, I, you mentioned you're talking about game here in a different way than a lot of people, you know, UCB yeah. put a whole different um, spin on it than than some of the uh, in the world of like clown that has a very different meaning. So I'm wondering if you can kind of differentiate uh, between like clown as or, or sorry, uh, yeah, game in, in that context that like what you and Isaac are thinking and looking for in game versus like game of the scene as UCB might define it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so um, game of the scene generally is like, oh, what's the first unusual thing that happens in the scene? Oh, great. And then we begin to heighten that idea. Uh, for me, and, and when we play with Isaac, for example, like we find a game to play that's fun for us to do. So like where we come out and we do, or actually I remember I was talking with someone recently about our first show and how we ended our show. Uh, Cause we, didn't have enough content for a 60 minute show. It was the first two man no show actually. Uh, and the, we ran it the first time two days before we opened and we were supposed to have like 60 minutes. We had 40 minutes. <laughs> so we're like, we need 10 plus minutes of material. <laughs> So like, what can we do? I don't know. Like, what, like, 
I think, as you suggested, we we just do multiple curtain calls. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so we like we finished the show, big dance, and it was a lovely ending. It was the, we re, re uh, we did the uh, ending of Dirty Dancing, so the big lift, climactic lift, and then we're like, great, thanks everyone, good night, waving, you know, cheering. And then we run backstage, <laughs> wait a moment, and then we run back out, and the audience is like, oh great, I guess we're oh sure another curtain call, but we just kept on doing it. <laughs> and, uh, it was necessity, but at the same time the audience is kind of like oh these idiots these these idiots are, are going to keep on doing this and then the other extension of that was that we got on these mics in the back to uh pretending as if we had a like a lavalier mic or weird clip mic was still on and then we had to start talking about people in the audience like, hey man good show good show so <laughs> it's the most anticlimactic way of finishing a show <laughs> so we're just running the clock out until our director mark andrada was like uh guys uh, your mics are on <laughs> and that's how the show would end but we'd have people that would like <laughs> there's one guy getting up and he's like you know they're just going to keep on talking <laughs> you know but it was a game for us to play so we're just going to play that game so and but within that game too we can heighten it we can uh, you know have an elaboration of it we can do it in different ways but it's like one idea we're just playing this one idea this one game and we're going to play it to the best of our ability until it changes and morphs into a next moment into a new beat mm -hmm. and so that's for me that's an easy way for me to understand improv uh and comedy and such because again i i just don't think my brain uh is wired in the way that is really good at narrative and and premise and who what where and all of that sort of caretaking and i know a lot of people are and it's amazing i love playing with them because i'm like you do that part <laughs> i'll do the goofy clown silly fun stuff you know like and it's it's a lovely compliment um so for me that was and i also say just too that was my version of play and you mentioned the ucb people the game of the scene some of them are so good like chris gethard for example so good uh like he understands it like that's his state of play he's found the thing that really works well for him joe bill as i was saying earlier like he's found his thing that works really good susan messing same thing you know david rosowski i think everyone all over time eventually will find what works best for them and and so that's why there's also a lot of room under this big tent to find out what works best for you and for me at the end of the day it's like whatever whatever like you know lights you up whatever that gives you passion whatever makes you laugh that's probably a good uh, uh probably a good route to take all right we got another one from isaac if you had the power to to change or include something in the global curriculum of improv what would it be with an actual <laughs> curriculum and or with how a teacher teaches. Uh, <laughs> that's well, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, hang on. Let's. I, I feel bad. I want to get Moody's in here because he has to. Uh, a one we've, we've heard quite a bit from Isaac. People are similar. Well, <laughs> Uh, both these questions are great. Uh, so, Isaac, uh, I would like again. Uh, I I I love what I'm doing. Personally, for me, this works, and this is how I see the world of improv. Again, is teaching more of the clown-based things. So, I'm actually teaching adults how to play, and that's really it. And improv is almost a secondary thing. I'm doing it through improv, but it's like teaching adults how to play, how to be themselves more on the stage, sharing your thoughts, your your opinions, your points of view, vulnerability, risk, what, what can I do to help set them up to experience that in a supportive way? That would be the kind of curriculum. And as what Moody uh, was saying there too, uh, I think he was asking, do I prefer to play with people that have the same reference levels or? Yeah, do you, would you, do you prefer to play with improvisers who have similar or different reference levels, which again, uh, an, an addendum from uh, Isaac as reference and or experience. Isaac is learning a lot 
I think he owes us two grand. Isaac is here to take notes. Isaac owes us two grand. That's right. <laughs> Well, yeah, these are this is great. Um, um, I, I would say, uh, uh, I would say, uh, I, 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 um, I quite enjoy. I love like, I love the unknown. I love playing with people that I'm like, I have no idea who this person is or where they're kind of, like. For me, there's such an, a lovely element of surprise because again, I feel like I'm very adaptable to where any 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 person is, and I know that foundation of like I'm going to be supporting whatever this person does, and I'm going to be pursuing play, and I'll try and grow with the with this person. So, uh, um, uh, so for me, it's uh, I I, uh, I I do enjoy that. So I'm very wide open, but I'm also thinking in terms of like the stuff that me and Isaac do, uh, where we uh, like are <laughs> we. Uh, we know and love a lot of the same things, a lot of the same pop culture references, Jurassic Park, Total Recall, a lot of things that went into our, our movies, you know, sci-fi, like we often have similar John Wick, all these kind of things that we love equally. So th that's a, a bit of um, a shorthand uh, for when I'm playing with Isaac in particular, he's like, I know Isaac so well and vice versa. He knows me so well. So we like, I, I there's things that I can reference uh, that I know he will have an intimate experience of and we'll be able to, so we can set each other up within that. But for me, I'm like, I just love playing with everyone really. I mean, that's all it is, is like playing, you know, like yeah. I didn't have a lot of friends growing up, you know? So I'm like, you want to play with me? Great. All right, let's do it. So there, you know, there's also that, um, that I, I don't bring in that sense of, I'm not a very clever, I, I don't know, I can't be, but I, I like, I don't have references, you know, like, you know, it's, and so much of it is not even about the references so much, but it's more about, again, the relationship and what, what is happening between the two people in the moment. And if I don't know the references, I can be like, great, I don't know that reference. Tell me about that reference. Maybe I should learn references, you know, like, uh, so it's all good, no matter where it goes. So even if I don't know the person's reference, we can still have a lot of fun uh, within that as well. Great questions. Yeah, you got time for one more, Ken? I want to be respectful of your time, and I know we're over two o'clock here. So uh, let me know. Do, do, do you got to go? No, I don't. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to head up to Isaac's, I think. Uh, after, uh, <laughs> oh, perfect. Oh. Um, well, we got another question for Isaac. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but th this is from Moody about you and Isaac, yeah. uh, as it happens. So, uh, Moody, Chris Moody is asking uh, you and Isaac always seem to have fun on stage. Can you think of a time when you had no fun on stage? <laughs> and again, uh, tacked on from Isaac. Yes, it could be answered to Yes, very good. Uh, it's a great question. Um, uh, I mean, the great thing is there's always play, but I know for sure me and Isaac have been witness <laughs> to very tough shows. Uh, a few years ago, we had the first time went to uh, Washington DC to play in the improv festival there. And we uh, were actually the opening act. And uh, so we tried to like, we just started kind of out of the gate. And again, because we're so mindful of the audience and their experience, we know when you're flopping, you know, like we know this is not going well. So uh, we started out in like this over the top absurdist stuff, standing on chairs and audience wasn't having any of it. So uh, it was in those moments, it's kind of, it's tough. Um, but at the same time, we can have a lot of fun in the mere fact that it's a terrible show. I think one of my favorite terrible shows where I still ended up having a ton of fun, even though it was a terrible show, was that one of our first, in the first year that we toured back in 2010, we performed at the New York City Frigid Fringe Festival. And we had two shows in a row where we had two people in the audience. 
And mm -hmm. the first show was great. We had two people who were also performers as part of the festival and they were sitting front row. They, we got them up at the end of the show, dancing with them as part of the show. Uh, and then the second show right after, like the next day uh, was two people and it was Isaac's, one of Isaac's, I think it was Isaac's first crush. Isaac, was that your first crush? I think. Uh, I remember him telling me this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With her husband, who's like this big, like, uh, sort of like, I think ex-army guy kind of thing. And they had no pop culture references and they, they sat halfway back in the theater. They're only, they're the only people in the theater. <laughs> and he sat halfway back and they had no pop culture reference. They'd never seen Dirty Dancing, Jurassic Park, Total Recall. They had no idea. <laughs> and I remember <laughs> Isaac doing Jurassic Park where he becomes a dinosaur and he's supposed to like take a sip of water and then spit it in my face as like as one of the like dinosaurs right. like <laughs> like <laughs> like um uh, having to sneeze on me. <laughs> <laughs> so he took a drink and it just like dribbled out of his mouth and we're both laughing at how bad the show was going. <laughs> it was terrible. It was one of the worst shows we've ever done. But we're, we're again, it's the tethering. We're together in this moment. So even though we're failing, we're bombing, there's nothing we could do to salvage it. Nothing. Nothing. And, they, and they're sitting with their arms crossed, halfway back, no expression on their face of any encouragement whatsoever. But we can still have fun in those moments it's hard fun it's hard fun you know but it's it, like again it's just like i play with isaac as you guys know it's like he makes it really easy uh to play and to goof around because that's isaac's often his default especially on the stage and yeah. so you know in those moments where even an audience is not having what we're doing you know that's it's still like that's the, that's our thing it's like we gotta we're gonna try and have fun if we can make each other laugh and because we've done so many ludicrous things over the over the years that no improv theater <laughs> in good standing would ever teach it's like why would you leave the venue why would you leave your own venue during a yeah. show like and we've done that a couple of times we did that in philadelphia actually during <laughs> a big tropical storm and we come back on stage and we're soaked <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> yeah but again it was fun it's fun for us and that's that's the underpinning for me again i just want to emphasize like uh and susan messing says this too like if you're not having fun you're the asshole you know what yeah. i mean like you can course correct and it, mm -hmm. sometimes easier said than done and life happens where you're kind of like oh man i'm so stressed out or you're just feeling really negative that day, that's real. That's a real place to be. But rather try to, you know, um, try to push those feelings away. Maybe there's a way that you can bring that into the set, you know, instead of denying what it is you're feeling. Maybe we can jam with it. Maybe we can turn it into uh, like uh, like a uh, play. Like when Isaac gets <laughs> enraged, you know, there's a playfulness behind it. And and um, so that that's something that we can we can explore. So that that would be my invitation for everyone too. Is like you know to try and weather those storms. Be be good to yourself. And if play, I can be both nervous and anxious and fearful and and feeling negative sensations. But I can also have space for playing. And I find that the two can also cancel each other out. Mm -hmm. uh, and more, or even like the tip, the balance, the play. So I can have both of those experiences. And so when I'm not having fun, what can I do to reconnect with that sense of play? So jumping into a clown class, I think, or like, you know, giving yourself another kind of doing something differently, experimenting, but not taking it on yourself as if there's anything deficient with you. Um, it's not about that. Just again, your mind is a liar and an asshole. And so if you can sidestep <laughs> that, just the realization of it, you're like, oh, wait a minute. Great. Now we can have fun. Uh, so it's there. It's there always. And that's our goal is to try to 
to recreate that, that sense of play every single time we hit the stage. And it's like, we got a new audience every time. Hey, who's here? You know, how are we feeling today? You know, oh, great. You know, let's create it. We don't know. We're not doing the same thing every night. So it's like, this is going to be unique in its own right. And maybe you're going to have those shows where it's like dark, heavy, you know, that's cool too. It's all good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's so much in here that I, I uh, love just hearing you talk about. Yeah. And uh, thanks so much for uh, a really great conversation and for sticking around to answer some of those additional questions. Okay. Um, uh, speaking of uh, classes that people could take to take a different angle on what they're doing in improv, uh, you got your mindfulness workshop through Bad Dog Theater uh, in Toronto virtually. Um, it, it, do you have uh, some of those coming up? Uh, I'm teaching one. Yeah, uh, in September. I'm, I'm currently teaching one right now. Uh, the next round will probably be starting up in September. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm also teaching a comedic on-camera acting class through Bad Dog as well, which will be starting up in September too. I teach public speaking in Second City, uh, uh, teaching uh, like improv and uh, conservatory in Second City. So take one of my classes anyway. <laughs> and you're yeah. gonna get the same flavor, yeah. even if I'm teaching mindfulness or improv or public speaking or clown. <laughs> it's all it's still filtered in the play. It's still you're yeah. gonna have a good time and, and uh, hopefully learn some stuff at the same time. Yeah, and I've heard such great things about you as a teacher too. Uh, we've had people on here and um, uh, just people that I've met through, like here in New York, uh, that you you are a mutual friend of. Um, speak very highly of you as a teacher. So uh, if anyone gets a chance, yeah, definitely highly recommend it. Um, and we'll uh, if you have links and stuff to, to post once those are uh, up, um, look for September. Everybody, uh, we'll have them listed in this episode. Um, thanks again, Ken. Uh, sure. For everyone else, thanks, PJ. So, yes. Um, Say thanks to the people in the in the chat there. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Moody. <laughs> Great seeing everyone. Thanks for having me. And congrats. What what episode is this one? Hey, Brent. Uh, number is this? Ninety six. Ninety six. Wow. Congrats, guys. That's amazing. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you. Um, and uh, and yes, for our audience, um, remember to go to theimprovnetwork.org and just check out additional resources from the Improv Network. Um, and if you have additional questions, recommendations, or requests for uh, guests and topics and things like that, um, you can email us at james at theimprovnetwork.org or bob at theimprovnetwork.org. And uh, yes, thanks again for everyone who asked questions and kept the conversation. Um, lively. We appreciate it. And we'll catch you next time. Uh, as opposed to us dead fish, just sitting here trying to figure out what right. we're talking about. <laughs> it would have been no fun. Trust me. I know. <laughs> um, uh, all right, everyone. Thanks again. We'll, we'll catch you next time on the Improv Network podcast. Bye. Bye. Beep.